Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now let's join the service already in progress. How many actually saw the movie Toy Story? All right. How many did not see the movie Toy Story? Wait, let me look. Let me check. Five people out of this whole congregation didn't see that awesome movie. You've got to watch it, especially after today. But I will tell you that theme song really softens the hard fact from the beginning of the movie that there were obvious issues among both the toys and the humans, weren't there, in that movie. Every child wanted a Buzz and a Woody. If you had a Buzz or a Woody, raise your hand. You didn't have one. If you bought one for somebody else, let's see, right? If you got one and you were an adult and it was for you, (laughs) that's me. I loved Buzz and Woody. I mean, they represented so many things. They were awesome. Woody was originally supposed to be a ventriloquist dummy. Aren't you so glad they changed that? They made changes in that. Then they made him a pull-string toy and... He was supposed to be verbally abusive to the other toys in the house. So glad they changed that, right? And Buzz Lightyear, what about him? See, he was supposed to wear a red suit, and his name was going to be Tempest. But what would we do without Buzz Lightyear, that optimistic, energetic character that was fully convinced he was a space ranger. He believed it with all that was in him. I mean, watch out for this laser. Get out of the way. You know, he he was so convinced. It was a, a great level of faith. And, you know, not until he saw that commercial, and I have to admit, I completely cried when he saw that he was a toy. I was so disappointed for poor Buzz. I just wished no one would have ever told him. But kind of like our message today, sometimes you just have to face the truth, don't you? Sometimes you just need a friend that points out something to you that will cause you to reach for something greater and become something stronger and better. And his most famous line, Buzz Lightyear, we all know it, at the count of three, say it. One, two, three. Yes, that was Buzz Lightyear's famous statement among children. Now, among adults, they all have agreed that their famous line in the movie was actually one when Buzz and Woody had an encounter, a heated encounter amongst each other, and Buzz just looked at Woody and said, you're a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. (laughs) Rex, what about Rex? This ferocious, practically extinct dinosaur on the outside, but a fearful, neurotic soul within. That describes me sometimes. I feel like that. You ever felt like that, that you look so good on the outside to people, but inside you might be crumbling, you might be hurting, you might be in pain? I saw some friends I hadn't seen in 30 years a week ago, and Uh, one of the comments was, you're always happy. You're always smiling. And without even thinking, I said, and I know how to wear a mask really good too. (laughs) Because nobody's always happy, always smiling. But we do pray 
that our exterior is a reflection of our interior and that we are working on that to be a good testimony and a good witness with the way we look, the way we feel. And how about Mr. Potato Head? You can't forget him now. Now, the only toy he hoped Andy would get forever is what? A Mrs. Potato Head. Why? So they might whip up some little tater tots together. <laughs> and there's one toy. You may not know this. You might miss this. But there's one toy that was in bankruptcy and about to go under if it had not been for the movie. Can you think of what it might have been? No. The Etch-A-Sketch. And sales soared 20% after that movie. Etch-A-Sketch. We all have one. I have one. I have little one, big one. Yeah. I'm, I like all those kind of things. I'm a kid at heart. And that's my confession, and I'm sticking with it, okay? And can you even imagine, originally, Toy Story was supposed to be about Barbie and G.I. Joe. That would be strange, wouldn't it? To me, that would be strange. But it was the highest-grossing film of 1995. All in all, I think that's kind of neat because the movie really is about appreciating the value of a true and genuine friend. That's what it ended up being about. I mean, that's the theme of the movie. Just like John 15 and 13 says, greater love hath no man than this, than a man laid down his life for a friend. So today, the title of my sermon is, You've Got a Friend in Me. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Father, that you call us your friend. Thank you so much that you loved us so much that you offered yourself as a sacrifice. You laid down your life that we could be here today, that we could have you in our heart, that we could be your friend, that we could serve you. Lord, may we serve you wholeheartedly today. May we grow in the knowledge of friendship be a better friend, find more friends, be a faithful friend, and love others as you have loved us in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Now, the first friendship that existed, if I gave you a quiz today, I'm confident everyone in this room would fail if I said, what is the first friendship that existed because maybe you've never thought of it before. The first friendship is the friendship between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Trinity, hovered over the deep. And they said, they, the Father, Son, and Spirit, said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And so we understand that, yes, God is one. We have one God, but he has three aspects. He has three functionalities that are, in fact, distinct. God the Father loved us so much that he sent his son. His son came from heaven down to earth, and he died on a cross. 
He left his father, came to the earth, died on the cross, and then he rose again on the third day, and he went to his disciples, and he said, hang on, guys. I have to go back to my father, but I am sending another, so I'm going back to my father, and I'm sending another. He's the comforter. He's the Holy Spirit. He will come and lead you and guide you in all truth, and that is the dispensation in which we live today, the dispensation of the Spirit of God. That's how you come to Christ. The Spirit of God speaks to you. The Spirit of God even gets a hold of you. And some of you that don't know Jesus today, I'm just forewarning you, the Spirit of God is getting a hold of you right now because God wants you to know Him today. He doesn't want you to walk out and ignore that Spirit you don't want to ignore that. The word says God's spirit will not always strive with man. If he's pulling at you today, if he's calling you today, if he's trying to speak to you today, please respond to that voice. Please listen to that voice today. He has something great for you, but that is truly the first friendship that we see within this relationship the world mankind the plan from the beginning the plan that we're in today and the plan for all eternity evolves around that friendship amongst God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit unfortunately we live in a culture that does not value does not put a high premium on individual face-to-face -face friendships now we have virtual existence we live vicariously through some whatever your latest picture profile is <laughs> I mean how many how many times have you changed it you're like you get a new hairdo now you got a new picture it's like you're living this one-dimensional world, a virtual world. And we all know that truly a true friend is not that valued if you can, in fact, take one finger and friend somebody. And conversely, you can take one finger and unfriend someone. And it's so contrary from God's word. C.S. Lewis noted in the Screwtape Letters a, an amazing, phenomenal commentary from the devil's perspective, speaking of spiritual warfare, and the devil is saying in this, in modern Christian writings, there are few of the old warnings about worldly vanities, the choice of friends, and the value of time. What a true statement, and we're living in that. that this is way back, and it's still the same today. Warning of worldly vanities, the choice of friends, and the value of time. Even in the ancient world among the classical Greeks, Aristotle and Plato, even though I wrote plate, that's what I wrote in my notes. I, I do make errors every now and then, but Spellcheck thinks plate is fine. It wouldn't know, hey, I meant Plato. So Spellcheck is like, we're good. P-L-A-T-E, plate, I'm good with that. So, plate and Aristotle both contributed pieces of volumes out of their collections to the topic of morality, um, 
issues of friendships and how, how we should be a good friend. I think that's just astounding. God wants to be our friend so much, we just don't realize it. I think of the heartbreaking encounter Moses and God had when God said in his word in Exodus 33 that God spake to Moses face to face as a man speaketh to a friend. That's really the will of God. That's what God always wanted with us is to be face to face. But you remember the story when Moses told the children of Israel that God wanted to come down and speak face to face. What'd they say? Uh-uh. I mean, even Moses, really. Come on, can you imagine when God came down and he's face to face with him? I, I can see Moses like, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, can you imagine being face to face with Almighty God and trying to act like, I'm down with that. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Can you imagine me trying to talk jive? Yeah. I was saying like, hey, bro, come on. Yeah, get, get your groove on. You never know what's going to happen around here, right? Okay, so God wanted a face-to-face -face encounter with people, but they said, no, we don't want that. No, let, let God speak to you, Moses. Then you come and tell us what God said. Hey, guess what? It hasn't changed that much today. I mean, people would rather come to church on Sunday morning and hear the pastor tell them what God is saying, hear the pastor tell them what God is doing in the earth. But we have to get our own relationship a face-to-face, heart-to-heart, breath-to-breath with Almighty God. He's like Uncle Sam saying, I want you. I want you. That's what God is saying. He's not one the person on the left or the right. He wants you individually. You might think he wants the person over there or the person on your left, but he desires you. He can't wait till he has that friendship with you. He's seeking that, and he wants us to have that type of friendship with one another. As Proverbs 17 says, a friend loveth at all times. That's the, the Hebrew word ra'ah, which just means like, like you're hanging out, kind of, you love somebody, you're with somebody, a friend, an, an associate, human love that we have for one another. That's what it's saying. A friend loves at all times. It doesn't mean a friend is condoning you in your error of your ways if you're slipping and walking back. And we're going to talk about that, how friends can actually be such a blessing and a help to us to point things out. But it's saying a friend loves at all times. So your love should not be, okay, I love them today. Well, no, they didn't do this, so now I don't love them anymore. No, a friend loves at all times. We are striving to be like our example, Christ who loves us unconditionally. Proverbs 27, 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Faithful are the wounds. In other words, if I'm in a covenantal relationship with you, you can call it like it is, and, and I will consider that faithful. I will consider that because I'm in a relationship with you. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Have you ever had that person that act like they're your friend come up to you? Oh, they kiss you. Oh, hey, I love you. 
You ever had that? And they have no intention of being your friend. They're, they're actually there for their own gain. You know, a lot of times you'll get people, if you get fast friends, I always say, watch out for fast friends. Because friendship equals time. You don't just trust somebody, open your life up, knit your soul together with somebody like David and Jonathan. Their soul was knit together. You just don't go, hey, Bo, let's knit our souls together today. Hey, nice to meet you. No, that is a process that occurs over time. Proverbs 27, 9 says, ointment and perfume rejoice the heart or make the heart glad. Don't you like you some perfume? Girls? Yeah. We can feel so great if we get our perfume on, right? I've literally almost gotten to church and turned around and gone home because I forgot my perfume. I need my perfume. It helps me. It lifts my mood. Sometimes it's the little, uh, those nodes that are sweet, and sometimes it's those earthy ones, but ointment and perfumes rejoice the heart. And so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. In other words, you will not see a friend that loves you, that comes to you and gives you hearty counsel. You'll not receive it as bitter. You will not receive it as distasteful. You'll receive it out of the love in which it's given. And your friend would not come and rake you over. That's not a friend. But a friend that loves you and that sees you that might say, Hey, I saw the way you were talking to your wife, and you know, it was just a little hard. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever listened to yourself? You know, you can share something that will help someone to grow. You might say, and you might say, I've done the same thing at times, but I guess hearing somebody else doing it, it just sounds so, it sounds so raw. Or I, I saw the way you were treating your children. I think that they don't feel they might not feel valued, and it's very important at those developmental years of their life that you really build them up and make them feel significant. All those things that you can say to encourage growth. That's why we have friends, the Bible says. They bring something into our life, as Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of a friend. That's, you know, the, the thing that you sharpen iron with. You know, you rub those two things together and it sharpens stuff. Yeah, somebody told me it was a whetstone. Yeah, I was like, hey, that's what I get calluses off my feet with. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. But they said, yeah, it's the same kind of thing, but you use that and it sharpens something. So for women, maybe it could be like our pencil sharpener that sharpens or, you know, cosmetics or whatever, but it sharpens. It's better because it's been through that sharpening. It makes it better. It makes it more usable. It makes it more distinct. It makes it more pointed, if you will. So ensure that you do not let Instagram or Facebook or social media sharpen you. That's not where you're sharpened. It will cut you. They will mutilate you. They will devalue you if you're not careful. That's not where we get our growth and where we get built up. We get built up with one another. And at this point, I would also say, I believe friendship, true godly friendship can only occur between God's people. 
I mean, because we're using the principles from God's word. I think you can only know a true friendship heart to heart with a brother or sister in the Lord. Do you believe that? Yeah. Not that we should not be a friend to others. We should. It's our, our chance to let the light shine that's in us and cause them to ask us what is the hope that's in us and then we share that and then they receive Christ and they go on to their friends in the world. They go on to theirs. That's what evangelism is all about. That's why Jesus wants us to make friends so that we can reach more people. Matthew 11 and 19 says, The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, everybody say, they say. You've always got those they-sayers in the world. And they say, Behold, a gluttonous man, a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners, but wisdom is justified in her children. I love this passage of Scripture to this day. Jesus is glorified and adorned by the title that was meant as a slur. It was, it was designed to be this stigma and all men would cringe when they heard it and shudder and shrink from it. But it's proved to be a fascination that wins the hearts and enchants the souls of ungodly people all over the world. Saints in heaven, saints on earth. They proclaim sinners of whom the chief I am, savior of sinners, they proclaim. I think that's awesome. They took what the enemy meant to destroy him and turned it around to a phrase that brings hope for salvation to those who do not know him. Jesus, friend of sinners. Amen. I love that. Who will ever know the souls and consciousness that have been comforted by hearing the words, maybe a prisoner and someone slips a piece of paper under their door and says, Jesus is a friend of sinners. Can you imagine what that brings to that ungodly person who feels they have no friends, they have no hope, they have nothing, but they have everything if they receive the friend that has come to be, the friend closer than a brother in their lives. John 15 and 13, greater love hath no man than this that someone lay down his life for his friend. Jesus is speaking a duality here. Yes, in a literal sense, he is saying, in a few days, I'm going to the cross. I'm giving my life for you because I love you. I'm laying down my life. He wasn't laying down like treasures and gold saying, here, have this. He wasn't laying down saying, here, take the earth. I love you so much. No. He said, I'm laying down my life. But the second message he was saying was to the disciples, to all that heard him, to you and to me. He was saying, let's just suppose. Let's suppose Yuli and Vina are going to Disney World next Saturday. They're taking their kids. They got a whole day planned. They've been planning it for a long time. But let's suppose over here, got to find somebody whose name I know. I got, we got so many new people, I don't know, know all of them. Okay, what's y'all's first names? Jessica and Francisco. Let's suppose Jessica and Francisco <laughs> have been evicted from their home and Saturday, they have to completely move out. They have to work all week. They got little kids. They got problems that have 
come upon them they didn't realize. And so over here, Yuli and Vina, they go to their children and they say, kids, I know, I know we were planning to go to Disney and we were going to have a really great time today, but we're going to lay down our life and we're going to go over here and we're going to help Francisco and his family and we're going to lay our life down. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. That's what Jesus... That's what Jesus is saying, a new way perhaps to look at that. There's always something new to find in God's word. Friendships are to be valued, honored, respected. A friend loveth at all times. It's unconditional. Now, behaviorally, we may have to do some of that faithful wounding or hearty counseling that we read about in Proverbs. But in closing, those of us who are part of City of Life here on a regular basis, we can all gladly say that for years there was a friend in the house who treasured and valued her friends. Now, I'm coming down off the stage because I want to go over and I want to sit in her seat. If you ever saw a little redhead sitting right here in all the services, her name was Mary Sue, and she was my sister in love. She sat here, but here's what I figured out Mary Sue calculated if I sit here, I can grab anybody that's coming from all over the whole church, I can grab people coming down from the stage, I can even run over a little and Grab people that think they're going to go up the aisle. Y'all know Mary Sue? That you, would you say that's Mary Sue? Oh, yes, that's Mary Sue. She positioned herself right there as a faithful friend, and she never had too many friends. She could never have too many friends. And, and we know she was there because she wanted and longed to talk to people. She wanted to encourage people. She wanted to tell people they were beautiful, they were special, they were wonderful. Always had a great word for every person. We're going to miss her so much today. We're going to celebrate her life at 4 o'clock, and you're all invited to be here. But as we think of friends, maybe you realize you need to build more friends in your life, true friends. Maybe you've isolated yourself because you have had some losses yourself. Here's just a few little steps that might help you toward building friendships. One, talk together. Talk together. When you talk to someone, you can share your heart. Hopefully with a friend, you're not just speaking common, everyday conversation about the weather or about a schedule, but you're talking. Secondly, listen together. How many ears do you have? Two, most of you, good. Uh, how many mouths do you have? Okay, you should listen twice as much as you talk because you got two ears and one mouth. Three, serve together. If you attend this house, you know how important it is to serve. 
I mean, along the back walls in those t-shirts, those are Dream Team members who believe in loving and serving. They understand that relationship and how powerful it is. Number four, enjoy life together. Go hang out together. Go have fun together. Five, think together. Two heads are better than one. Think together. If I'm left to think my opinion of something, I could be very wrong and end up with a very wrong conclusion. If I'm with you and I tell you what I'm thinking, you might say, well, have you thought of it this way? There may be another way to think other than mine. Boing. <laughs> be together. Just be together. Not hmm, not be like that. But be together. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. We need to be in this house. I would rather you come to church and your fluffy house shoes and pajamas than to just watch church online. I'm glad you're watching online. It's awesome. You might be dressed up and have heels on and everything because you're coming to church. That's good. But I'd rather you be here in your pajamas. Just be here. We need each other. We need to be in God's house together. Trust together. We trust. That's how you get an agreement with people. If you're going through something, let's trust together. Let's pray together. Let's repent together. You know what? This week, I just had this issue, and I'm just telling you as my friend, I want you to help me pray about it. You know, that's, that's what repenting together is. And then you pray together. And finally, hope together. Proverbs 18 and 24 says, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. His name is Jesus. You may not realize it today. If you're in here and you're not saved, you may not realize that he loves you. He loved you so much. He is the one that already laid his life down for you. He saw you before you were born. He made you, and he has the purpose and plan for your life. What a better time to accept him than today to accept a friend into your life. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text the dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.